Welcome to the fifth series of the Global Careers Calls podcast, hosted by Ray Roberts, a careers consultant at the University of London. In this exciting series, we explore the fascinating world of leadership and management. Join us as Ray interviews accomplished alumni who have emerged as leaders, sharing their personal experiences in managing people and taking on significant responsibilities across different sectors and countries. In today's episode, Ray Roberts will be joined by Juan Treas, a student at the University of London who is transitioning to data science after years in chain supply management. Juan will be talking about the importance of building relationships in his career and the significance in adapting to different cultures and communication styles when negotiating. I'm Ray Roberts, and today I'm going to be talking to Juan. So, Juan, would you like to tell us a bit about who you are, where you are in the world right now, and what you've been doing? Hi, Ray. I'm Juan. I'm from Uruguay. I'm currently in Uruguay, but I'm moving to Spain. I have moved from Chile to Uruguay in the last two weeks. I was in Chile for the last five years, and now I'm changing to Spain for a new challenge. I have been working since I am very young. I started working when I was 18. So yeah, now it's been like almost 10 years of work experience. And I had a lot of different positions and different experiences. I don't know if you want me to go through all of my working history or, or not. One of the things that's quite interesting with your situation where you've been working for a long time before you've come to study with us. So maybe you could tell us a bit about what you're studying now and what your hopes are with that. Okay. I am currently studying a bachelor degree in data science and business analytics in university. It felt a natural decision. I had previous experience studying, but I never finished my degree before. Mainly, my main issue was I didn't find anything that felt right for me. I really enjoyed studying, so I always uh, studied. I went to the university, Uruguay University is free, so you don't have to pay for the classes, so you can study whatever you want. So I I studied for two years engineering and mathematics in the the, like math school. And I also studied for a year and a half philosophy, and and I really enjoyed it, but I, I didn't do it for a career choice. It was just because I, I wanted to be occupied and, and to continue developing, but I couldn't find anything that I could apply to my work. I, I, I really enjoy studying math and, and math-related problems and solving problems. I also enjoy uh, in philosophy the part of uh, logic thinking, and that's very similar to, to math and to programming. But data science didn't exist in it. I think it still doesn't exist in Uruguay as a career. It's just like maybe a master's degree or something like that. So I didn't, I, I couldn't find anything that, that felt right for me. So I continued studying uh, and working. Uh, I started working because I, it's very common in Uruguay to work and study at the same time. And I started growing in my work and starting to to let aside the, the studying part until I had two jobs and I was going to university. Uh, so 
my schedule was full and I decided to stop studying because I didn't want to become an engineer, for example. I just wanted to learn about math physics. I was interested in the math and the physics, but I didn't see myself as working as an engineer. And so I started working, I got promoted, I moved to Chile to a better job. I got, I was growing like in my career until a couple of years ago, I needed to step up my skills. And so I started to look what I want to study. And, and I also wanted to, I started studying in 2020 and the pandemic, I had to work from home like most for almost two years. And that's something I really liked. And I knew I, I wanted to, to continue working from home uh, in the future. So data science felt like a perfect fit. It's, you know, it's normal to work remote. It has a lot of math, a lot of problem solving, a lot of analysis. So yeah, I found this career that, that seemed to fit with all my, my requirements. And it felt great. I'm really happy. I did study so young uh, or just after school and I had uh, some work experience because I have a, a very more clear view of what I want to do and, and what the actual jobs require. Like before you, you might enjoy the studying, but not what you will do. And the studying will be like only three or four years and the, your job will be probably the rest of your life. So uh, having that perspective of what, uh, what is required to work on in that specific field, what people have to, to do in the day to day, uh, help me decide uh, what I want to study. Thank you. There's so much in there around how many different areas of interest you have and how you've explored them in different ways through studying and throughout your your life and how they're kind of coming together. And you can see that transferability, the problem solving, the the mathematical solution focused thinking and how you can apply that now in a, in a new field and in a field that had, maybe has the flexibility to work in the way that you want to work remotely and is a and is a world of work that maybe isn't accessible to you certainly through studies at this point in time in your own country so using the kind of distance learning route to access that now we haven't yet talked about what you've been doing in all of that career prior to prior to this point in time so you, you know, you've studied to help yourself grow and develop. You're looking to change and, and shift within your career. And I'm sure what you've done before is going to be equipping you not with the skills to go into the data and analytics sort of field that you're wanting to go into now, although it's a very, very different background, isn't it, in some respects. So do you want to tell us a bit about what, what you've been doing and maybe where you see the differences and where you see the similarities around skills? Hey, yeah. <clears throat> I started very, very young. And my first job was a part-time job in a supermarket chain, in a, like a convenience store chain. I was just putting in data into the computer. It was like a very routine work. But after a year or so there, like a, there was a huge change in the company structure and the commercial director resigned. There was an open position. And I had been working with, with, with the manager in, in managing his um, restaurant because I had, when I finished school, I went for a year to Ireland and worked in pubs. So I had that previous experience working in pubs. So when he opened a restaurant, I started working with him both in the convenience store and the restaurant. 
And here for me, the, the position, it, it was not like a, a whole manager position because I was 21 or 22, I remember. But I, I had like a, a, the whole responsibility of, of leading the commercial and business development of the company. I had to, I don't know, present the, the whole budget for the year, plan ahead what discounts I was going to, to achieve, how I would improve the, the margin, how, I, how many promotions a year we're going to make in the convenience store. It was very fun. I was super inexperienced and my boss obviously helped me a lot. Uh, it was weird uh, working. Like the people I was meeting with were like twice my age or, or even three times my age. I had to learn a lot and, and learn quickly, but it was really fun. I stayed there for a year and a half or two. And I got an offer to go to Chile where I worked in a, in a food service company. Uh, the company gives food uh, to the Chilean government, uh, sends food to the Chilean government and serves the children that attend the public schools. Uh, the, the company, it's from Uruguay and, and it had won a, a huge government contract in, in Chile and they were like serving food to 500,000 or 700,000 kids every day. And I arrived there to, to work in procurement and supply chain specifically in fruits and vegetables. And uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was a huge challenge. Uh, that, that amount of people is like one fifth or one fourth of the population in Uruguay. So it was like working in a huge market. So it was a, a great challenge. In, and well, also geographically, Chile is very spread. Uruguay is very small and very centered. Chile is very long and and it was logistically, it was also a, a great challenge. And there I had, uh, I was in charge of, of food and vegetables and I had uh, two main challenges. One was uh, bringing cost and efficiency and making the supply chain more efficient. And the other one was uh, because the government in the contract, it included a clause that we had to buy uh, some percentage of, of the food uh, locally. And I started focusing on that. Uh, I worked for probably the first year and a year and a half, like very centered in developing new suppliers locally. It was an amazing experience. I met a lot of, of different farmers. I even went to the desert to visit one farmer that, that had like a very small farm in the middle of nowhere with no water. I visited farmers in, in Tierra del Fuego, you know, down south. I, I traveled around almost every city in Chile and every farm in Chile and meeting these uh, potential suppliers and helping uh, to develop this, this relationship where they would bring fresher food for the children. Well, obviously trying to maintain the, the prices, the cost of producing the food for us. And there I worked with the government. I worked with the Minister of Agriculture. I, I worked with the government institution that supports the, the small farmers. I worked I gave conferences for, to the government to teach them what I have learned. Uh, we were the first company to win a contract with that clause, and we were the first ones to take it serious because they had made some other contracts with some clauses like that, but there was nobody actually taking, uh, like not, uh, not complying with that than actually doing the work. So I was the first person to really care about it. And because the company cared about it and it was a, a very hard experience because I learned and experience by myself. 
but it was also very rewarding. And at the same time, I, I started changing the model of the supply chain model we were working. We were buying uh, most uh, from middlemen, so I changed it to contract buying. And we opened uh, like a subsidiary company that process all the fruits and vegetables. It started like a very small startup uh, project. And today it gives work to 50 people and indirectly probably to 80 or 100. And there we, we process and we receive, and it's like a, a logistics center for fruits and vegetables. We buy them bulk and pack them and redistribute them to all Chile, where it later goes to the schools. And yeah, it was a very different job. I don't know nothing about fruits and vegetables. I had to learn, but it was also similar in, in the way that uh, it's all about human relationships, especially negotiation and, and building trust and and then I had to learn about logistics. I didn't know much. I had to learn about fruits, about seasons, about the, which time of the year is better to buy, when to store, how to store. Now it, it was a big different challenge. I, I love the new challenges. And I've been there for the last five years. And now I'm transitioning to data science. I, I'm not working with them full time anymore. I'm just working part time directing the project I started because like to make the transition smooth. And now I'm starting uh, in a startup to work uh, data science part-time till I finish my degree and, and then hopefully I can start to work uh, full-time again. Yeah, And that's where I'm heading now. I'm taking some time to, to move to Spain and to rest. Also, <laughs> it was a crazy year. We won the biggest government contract in history. I don't know. We, we were giving like 1 million or 1.5 million uh, food services every day. And yeah, we, we were given uh, like you win the contract like three weeks before you start the, the classes start. So you have three weeks to rent the place, hire the people, uh, get the food there and then distribute to the to schools. It's, it's very stressful and it takes like, like you start working, you start operating one week before, but it takes like a couple of months to really start optimizing. Wow. So there's so much where you have really led the way in this. You've been the first people to really take the commitment around local produce seriously. The first scale of contract like that, then the first organization to take an even an even bigger contract. And and there were so many firsts and so many ways in which you're leading the way in that work. And what's really struck me as you're talking about it is that all of that is within this context where you were not the expert. You you came in and you and and you got to this point of leading the way, but you didn't start in that point of being the expert. And you've talked a lot about all of the learning that you've had to do. To get to the point where you you know you then are the expert. You've been and been talking to the governments. You've been giving advice. You've been sharing all of this stuff that you've learned. But I'm ever so curious how how did it feel to, I guess both emotionally and then also practically. I want to know about the how. How did it come about that you had those opportunities and how did it feel to be able to or to be in the position? How did it feel to have to? learn all this stuff that you didn't know but also practically how did you get to the point where these opportunities came your way to to lead the way in in that sense like the actual way 
they were offered to me, they were like totally chance. But you don't have to be in the right place in the right time. Uh, I was sent by my old job to Chile to search for new business opportunities. And there I found a friend that was working and like he magically offered me. They were looking for someone because they just said they won the contract and, and then he offered me a job. But uh, I don't know. I believe like one of the most important things is having like faith in your skill or I don't know if faith in your skill or, but you know, if you, you don't try, you know, you don't know if you're going to fail. And I was, I don't know, 23 when I took this challenge. So I, I was very young and it was an option to fail. And I didn't like pressure myself that I couldn't fail. And maybe I was not prepared and maybe that's okay. Uh, luckily I felt prepared and, and things went out good, but of course I made a lot of mistakes and I learned a lot from, from my mistakes. I remember like throwing food because I, I, I misjudged how the, the market was going to move and I bought food that I couldn't use or regulation. There was a, a sanitary border that I couldn't cross, like from North, you cannot take it to South for some reason and it's not like something I knew. And I had to ship it to Punta Arenas, that's uh, very, very south. You know, you have to cross through Argentina and, and back to Chile. And they had to, to throw it away. They had to throw like eight pallets of perfectly good state vegetables. And, you know, th th there were a lot of those <laughs> along the way. Uh, I think there were more, more goods than bads, but... Yeah, I'm not specialist in, I, I never been the specialist in anything. I just try to, to put the special, to, to be advised by specialists. I have a lot of friends that work in farms or have studied agriculture. I used to, to call them every day and ask them. I, and I tried, uh, probably that's the, the most important thing going for it. Uh, and, and yeah, trying and if you fail, try again or. Or learn from your mistake and yeah, try to adjust to the reality. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's this ethos of genuinely being prepared to take risks and take things on that are, that are unknown and that are bigger than you, but really doing that from the perspective of connecting with people. This is something that's really struck me from the conversation, you know, Talk, calling on your friends, thinking, who do I know who knows something and building those relationships with, with all of those, all of the people involved. So, you know, what you've talked about is that the relationships from the super isolated rural farmers who have just their one crop in their bit of land in the middle of seemingly nowhere in the desert or, or wherever through to government ministers and, and their agendas. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of relationship building. As you were just saying that about your mistake with the vegetables. I can imagine that on a very, very small scale from when I think I mentioned to you when we arranged the interview, I cycled through through Chile and Argentina and we got caught out with our week's worth of food that we bought because, you know, and this is my just my understanding of on a, on a very small level of what, what you were dealing with on absolute scale because the distances that you've mentioned are just so vast and we started to learn okay if we want fresh food we just need to be in a village where there's a shop at the time where the fresh food delivery comes because it's coming from 600 kilometers away or whatever it is and 
if you're not there, and of course the people in the village know when that comes, we didn't. So we chanced it. And if we were there when it came, we bought stuff. And of course we got completely caught out because we needed to cross the border. And we had our, our, our panniers full of a week's worth of fresh food thinking, oh, this is wonderful. We're going to be able to eat peppers and avocados every day. And they all got taken off us at the border, although I ate quite a lot at the Fork's Crossing. But I don't think I would have managed the crate loads that you were stuck with. So I can, you know, from, from the personal experience of that on a very, very small scale, I can really imagine the complexity of what you were, what you were navigating. Yes, the geographical complexity of Chile is it's a, a real issue, especially coming from Uruguay that's probably the, the size of England and like the shape of England. It has like a uniform shape. Chile is very long. The geographic part is, is very, very difficult. Uh, I remember, you know, and, and the responsibility that we give food to Chile's children. And probably that's the only food they would have in the day. So leaving a kid with no food is not an option. And yeah, on, on the relationship side, yes, yeah. I think it's the most important thing in, in business, especially if you work with negotiating or creating or developing suppliers. I had to learn a lot. Uh, countries in South America are similar, but there are great differences also between cultures. Uh, like Uruguay, Argentina have a, a similar culture where we are more direct uh, in, in the way we communicate. But in Chile, they get shocked if you tell them exactly what you mean. There's a, a way of speaking that it's very indirect. So if you want to tell something, you don't tell exactly what you want. And it was hard to me to explain myself. I was considered rude or arrogant or because I didn't know how, how to communicate effectively. And it was a great challenge uh, with, with the farmers because you have to picture, I was the 23 year old foreign representative of a huge company, a multinational that was going to steal all their food and, and pay them nothing for it. That was their impression of me. And that's how I arrived every place. So I went to their place. I drank tea at their home in the middle of nowhere and went with them walking through their farm, met their son. I, I built a, a relationship. I tried to build with most a relationship. Um, and they were not used. The difference was huge in, in places where we shared a contract with other companies. The person in charge of doing the same job in the other company never even traveled to the place to talk to them. They, he just gave them a phone number and told them, call me. So that's where we, 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 we made, we, we made real progress. When I started visiting, putting a face to, to the company, uh, showing them I was there to help them also. And yeah, the, the relationship part of the job is, is probably the most important. And that's what I'm taking to, to my future jobs. Uh, I, I'm not very good at communicating sometimes. So I had to learn and I learned quickly because I was, I wasn't reaching uh, and I was like being considered rude or considered bad. So, so I had to adjust quickly and it was hard and learning how to communicate in their terms, not in my terms, was a challenge and it was a, a, a rewarding problem. It, it made me grow a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you've really embraced every challenge as it's come your way and taken this ethos of in order to 
manage effectively in order to lead effectively. It's about those relationships at every level and and really investing in those and investing in those conversations. And it sounds like a huge amount of work, a lot of time commitment and a lot of responsibility. And I suppose what I'm I'm curious about now is how how important do you think it is the sense of purpose behind what you're leading and managing? So for you to have put in all of those hours and all of that work into the the supply chain management, the logistics, and the the leading the the ethos and the values and the way you did it, you know, the fact that you were feeding Chile's children as a as a worthwhile purpose how important was that or could you have worked this hard and led and managed just as effectively if it was for something that felt less important it's a good question um i think it's very rewarding knowing that what you do makes a difference uh, and i really enjoy that I, probably if it wouldn't be for children's food i wouldn't work every like every day until whatever time i, I was needed I would probably stop because it wouldn't be that urgent. And that urgency is, is very clear. And everybody understands that. Like me, my boss, the director, the, and the, the guy who delivers, everybody understands that we cannot uh, make mistakes. And if we do, we have to, to correct them very quickly because like leaving a, a kid without a meal is not an option. So yeah, it's very time consuming. And like sometimes we would work like from... I don't know, seven, five a.m. to two a.m. and that that would be like a whole week working that schedule. And yeah, it was very hard for me to manage to study and work. Yeah. It's very impressive that you have managed to study and work. And I know you're towards your end of your studies now, and you're preparing for exams as we speak. And wishing you all the best in that and in your in your shift into data science. And and I'm wondering. Will you be searching for a values-driven organization that you can work in with your data science work in your future career? Uh, yes. I, I want to take time to to choose correctly what I'm doing next. Yes, I, I want the next thing I do fits in all in all stages with with me and like with my time schedule and what I will do and how I will do it is very important. I'm very interested in that that ethics, and I think I take it very serious. And and yes, I want to work in in a place where where they take data ethics seriously. Yeah, that, that'll be probably the, the most important thing at the time of choosing. Well, I'll be staying connected and looking forward to see where it is that you do end up. Undoubtedly, it will be a an interesting and, and valuable organization when you get there and you'll be bringing all of those relationship skills as well as all of your values basis as well as the newfound technical skills that you've developed in your studies and so I'm sure you'll be an amazing asset to the right organization when you do find them and thank you so much for your time and coming to this conversation today I know that we've got a lot of students all around the world who will be interested from a whole range of perspectives, the fact that you've worked in different countries, the fact that you've worked in, in supply chain and management, the fact that you've been leading the way in terms of actually making a huge difference to people's lives by feeding children and actually keeping a government to account on actually delivering those commitments and not just paying the fine to evade it. And 
So I, I suppose, is there any kind of parting thoughts or advice that you'd like to give to our listeners? Uh, probably trust yourself and have faith in, in yourself. That would be probably the most important thing. You probably are ready for the next step. And if you don't take it, you, you never know. I took huge steps when I was not ready and, and things turned out. So even if you're not ready, it's, it's always good to push you to, to the next level. And it's very important to find, find balance in, and prioritize what, what's important for you yeah. for career, study, personal life. It's, it's hard to find it and, and prioritize is probably the, the most important decision you, you take every day. Like what you put your time into is my time in making a difference. And I'm open if anybody needs any help or wants to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn and I'm open to chat or whatever. Yeah, it's needed. That's a wonderful closing thought, sort of connecting to yourself and connecting with others. It's the real keys and, and being open to where it might take you. Thank you very yeah. much for coming for this conversation, Juan. Thank you very, thank you very much for having me and it's been a pleasure. This was the fifth season of the Global Careers Calls podcast brought to you by the University of London Career Service. All links and resources are in the show notes. This episode was presented by Ray Roberts, edited by Bushri Yunu, and introduced by me, Abby Underwood. If you want to hear more inspiring stories from our global graduate cohort, subscribe to be the first to know when we release a new episode. You can find our episodes on your favourite streaming platforms, including Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts and many more. Thank you for listening and join us next time for a new Global Careers Call.